everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yep, welcome along to episode 37 of LOI Central as we near the cup final and the end of the season. It's a special show today. We're out here at the Castlenock Golf Club. It's PFA Ireland uh, nominations for Player of the Year, First Division Player of the Year uh, and Young Player of the Year as well. And uh, it's Johnny Ward uh, with Dan McDonald. Thanks uh, so much for Future Ticketing, our sponsors this season for um, getting us through the season and for all their help and um, Dan we have Stephen McGuinness in front of we us we do here. have Stephen here with us yeah now we, 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 our guests on the show are drawn from the shortlist so we'll run through them in a second but we do have Georgie Kelly and Ross Tierney together and then we're going to hear from Chris Forrester as well too it just works out quite nicely that couldn't get a first division player list a, today because we, they weren't we, available we have a Bose <laughs> St. Pat's yeah. related theme it just so happens on cup final week so um, yeah no it's, it's all good Um we have that bit of cup final buzz that it sort of takes over and you forget that it was the last round of fixtures on Friday mm. and there was a lot going on. We have Derry City taking fourth spot. We have the confirmation it's going to be UCD and Waterford in the playoff, which will be a, a repeat of what was a quite thrilling cup tie. Um, and we had a couple of other things going on, on on Friday and I think we're heading into a period of a lot of change probably off the park between, I suppose, managerial stuff and, and player stuff. But... There and Jack is, Byrne is back. And Jack Byrne is back, yeah. Um, as we sort of just, just we suggested last week, that was likely to happen, and it has happened. Um, so there's a lot going on. But Stephen, yeah, you're here with us. Oh, yeah. Um, I am. It's been quite the year for you. Looking but, well, um, no, to be fair. Looking very well. I know you've spoken about it elsewhere, mm. but um, mm. you're, it's, it's great to have you here, yeah. you know, here yeah. with us because you sort of, uh, you were off reservation a bit earlier in the season, but you're, you're back with us and yeah. all in good health. Yeah, in good health. You would have been one of the guys I would have spoke to actually at the very yeah. start as you know um, and you and some of your colleagues as well so uh, yeah look it's been a long sort of eight or nine months I was in for a CT scan this morning and, and uh, meet the oncology team on Wednesday so hopefully everything's gone well I feel good and delighted to be back in work and delighted to be at events like this which is so important to, to our association to be, to be active because I say this in the nicest way possible right just I mean I take as I know Jesus, you quite well here we go. but like, you, like you're one of the busiest people I've ever met in my life you know what I mean <laughs> and the idea that you were in a situation where you know you weren't necessarily mad to talk to people it just goes to show like how you never know in life really, do you? You know, yeah. you, like there's no, everyone has their shield and everyone has their wall and stuff, but it's almost a great lesson to anyone that you, you never know what's around the corner. No, you don't. No, you don't. And the only thing you can do is, is, is try and, uh, is try and prepare as best you can for that, for, for scenarios that come along and, getting t- regular blood, blood tests, getting scans wh- wh- if and when you need it. If you see warning signs, please react to it. And I think that's the one message that I would have to anybody. And I did have them and I didn't react to them. And, and I was very, very lucky. And uh, and I, I thank every day that I'm on the earth now that, that I was lucky enough to to, uh, to to go and get the test when I did. But it could Can have I been a lot easier. the warning signs, sorry? Yeah, just the warning signs where I passed blood. Oh, I had huge fatigue when I lifted anything heavy. I had huge fatigue. I could do lots of stuff, painting and all that. Rest, but if I lifted that really heavy, I had this real heavy fatigue, um, and they were real signs that there was something up. But uh, again, like most men, you just put it to the side. I got heavy sweats then at night, and I just look at Johnny to be honest, just didn't react to it. And I just mm. thought it'll go away, it's, it's Christmas, it's just after Christmas. I'd ate a lot, and you know, you put every excuse under the sun, um, bar doing the stuff I should have done, which was go to see my doctor. And once I got the blood tests, it showed up there was a problem, and, and then the, the rest is history mm. after that. But uh, but I'd encourage everybody, and the amount of people I've spoken, even you know, other former players who've been on to me saying, Look, because of your story, I've gone and get checked, and I just have to take a little tablet for this or for that, or really, the, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is brilliant from my end, and there's so much interaction with people now when I'm involved with the Matter Hospital in regards to promoting sort of uh, scans and, and other bits and pieces. So look, I'm delighted to, to give my voice to it. I, I realise that the job I have has a, has a has some somewhat of a platform, and that's important for me to use that where I can and as positive as I can be. And and as Dan said, I'd be quite a busy enough fella, so I'd be at this thing 24/7 if I could. And uh, to be taken over for so long, I just found that really really difficult. And it's interesting what Ross said earlier, like the mental health side of things. Um, is something that I'm hugely uh, I didn't understand it before I absolutely understand it now and uh, and it's great that Ross came out recently and spoke about the difficulty he had yeah we'll, 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 hear, from show, we'll yeah. hear from Ross subsequently but we did record it mm. earlier and he did speak about that, that general that general subject matter um, and it is is sort of as, as I'm trying to think most people are probably aware but we haven't referenced that you did have to have some surgery effectively mm. had some cancer was found in, in yes. the colon right that's yes, basically sir. that was the, the specific situation because I remember speaking to you around the turn of the year and you were, you were saying to me yeah, you, you were sort of sweating a lot or you were yeah. sort of waking up and you weren't really sure but I, you could understand 
you're in that sort of natural defense mode of at ah, nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I I I keep I keep reasonably healthy or whatever. I'm, mm. I'm fine. Yeah. And I, I, it's I always struck with me some of those discussions we had around that time. It's like it is the point of saying now just just go and get checked no matter yeah. what you think. Mm. Yeah. You know? No matter how in your mind you might be saying to you, you can put it down to something else. It doesn't. It, it takes a couple of hours of your day to get it checked. It's not a big deal. And just to say, like blood tests don't show everything. Blood tests don't show you you've got cancer. But he showed his underlying effects, and my hemoglobin level was down to seven point two. Your normal one should be about fourteen. So the warning signs were there. I had two blood transfusions the minute I went into hospital. I tell you how bad a state I let myself get it. So the the blood tests do don't don't give you everything, but they give you something, and that's why it's so important for people to get regular blood tests, especially when you get to to my age, like when you're getting into your forties. Uh, it's definitely a time to to start looking at your body. A little bit a little bit more closely and and uh, identifying when there is little issues go and get them checked out yeah no I, I totally identify with that more to the point you did end up though in the hospital at one stage I think you told me was the reporter who was a Dundalk fan yeah. in the place who sort of <laughs> kept you in check with what was going he wasn't on to you about leaving after the cup in 2002 or something was he <laughs> he, he wasn't one of them fans that was in, is in Europe chanted to be nice to get but uh, it, 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 that's the league of Ireland that's the that's the, the sort of um, you know it's the world that we live in and, and I, I, as you said I, I'd met the guy and he had a book, uh, he had John Delaney's book and he asked me would I sign it because he... Cham- seen, champagne football. Champagne football. To be clear, John Delaney's autobiography <laughs> is still to come. Yeah. So, so he asked me to sign it because I was in it and it was just a good moment he came down and sat down and read the chapter that I had had in the book and uh, and it was great and he was asking about, you know, how the FAI got to the situation to get in and, and I had lots of people in the, in the hospital, even guys that were in the ward with me asking questions with you and it just passed the day to be honest yeah. and it was great and it just shows you the network of, of people that you've got that you've got around you and because of COVID nobody could come in and see me like, and just so, so to, to people like Stephen Kenny, who who had been on to be quite a bit, Jerry McInerney, president of the FAI, Trevor Crawley, who'll be very tight with Trevor, be one of my best mates in football. I spoke to Trevor probably every day, like, and he, Trevor yeah. had gone through with it with his uh, with his nephew and, and understood sort of the, the difficulty that I was going through. And you can't take, thank people like that enough. Um, and Stuart Nolly and obviously yeah, you spoke staff. previously about even Alan Murr as well, and your friend who yeah. uh, you spoke to Alan Crawley about that who mm. come up and you're outside your house and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, isn't it that. I, I often speak to footballers. Who did I speak to recently? It was Simon Cox after he retired. And he did say after his career in English football, he's maybe got like four or five friends left, mm. you know. And that's something you hear about the lads who play in England a lot, that it's maybe a different environment, very transient. You know, you can go from one end of the country to the other. And a lot of lads talk about they play with hundreds of people and they end up with maybe two, three, four friends. I think it's a different experience for a lot of people here. Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with you because here it's a lot smaller, the world that we play in, we've lots tighter teams, but I played at St. Pat's and like Eddie Gormley, Paulo Zan, Martin Russell, are all in the league. Like They're, they're, mm. they're coaching the managers, so I deal with them all the time. Like Martin just rang me this morning, so I, I speak to them all the time. And we've a, I, I find anyway in the league, we're a lot tighter knit unit, far more, because there's so, there's so few tunes, there's so few jobs that uh, that everybody's a lot tighter and a lot better networking and, and bottom line is people care about you like, and that's one thing that I, I'll take mm. out is that people do genuinely care about you and even people who I had massive rows with um, uh, turned out to be people that when, when I was at my lowest point were the ones who was on to you so which, which was great that's, nice, that's yeah. good to know yeah sure listen and I, I'm sure you can't wait to ride with them again too but <laughs> bit of conflict is healthy in life Johnny isn't it you know it, it is. bit of conflict is <laughs> what you want to get you through the day it's funny mentioning that Dundalk uh, fan though like because I text you when I was actually reading Champ in for the second time the other day and there was that brilliant line about um the bit of carpet near your part of the Abbottstown was called the Gaza Strip like by the FBI officials and I was like I have to say that's glass but like obviously things are better now the communication lines are open now yeah the communication <laughs> lines are open I mean look there's a long way to go in there uh, I don't think anybody's going to fool anybody by saying that everything's changed it hasn't uh, it will take time uh, but from our point of view communication lines I said are open and we're, we're in dialogue and there's still still things have to change and still still from a lot from a player's point of view has to has to get better and um, I mean there's a lot of work there uh, if we want to get our league to where we want where we would like it to be um, so look it, it, there's a bit of work to do I'm interested you say that yeah so you're you're not you're slightly on the well actually hang on here like the, there's a new FAI but we've been long long way to go here like 100 percent if anybody okay. thinks that just because we've changed the board and just because one or two people have shuffled around a little bit that we're, that we've arrived there's a huge amount of work to do a huge amount of trust to be built up with it with the FAI which they've done a good job so far and um, but like don't run away with yourself there's a hell of a lot of work for people to do and uh, and there's a lot of damage that has been done and uh, with our league there's a hell of a lot of work to do with the league and from a player's perspective we're still waiting for a platform to, to ensure that players voices are heard and um, there's a huge amount of dialogue going on 
But with dialogue, there needs to be there needs to be agreements. There needs to be more than just listening to what we've got to say. I want to see action, and that's what we hope to see in the off season and into next season. Yeah, we're having meetings. Yeah, we're discussing things, but we need to see action, and that's what we hope to see over the next couple of months and the next couple of years. Um, but look. It's it, you know, there's still a long way to go. The standard end of year discussion in terms of wages and stuff like mm. that is everything okay? From that, yeah, it's good. Cool, Dan, it's it's the first time since I've been in the job that nobody's um, uh, no outstanding wage are out. So so I'm in the job probably 13 years now, and that's the fourth year now. Now people, you can is that PUP the really PUP has probably helped. Yeah. Yeah. Help, and mm. You can't get away from that. But look, it, it, our, our clubs are in good shape, and credit to them through a really tough time. And um, they're they in good shape, and their budgets have been good, and they expect next season hopefully to to be the very same. Yeah, how's the 20? 2022 season looking I know there was start, start dates were previously discussed of February 11th might be February 18th now maybe it yeah. seems to be a discussion how's that looking generally and what would your issues be looking yeah, at I, I suppose the, the big thing we, we wanted was that the season would break for the under under 21 games yeah. and for the underage international games that's where our backlog was coming from. So uh, our young players were um, were being obviously picked and, the, and we have younger and younger players all the time. So what was happening was fixtures were having to be muddled around. Yeah. And it wasn't good for the league. We have it sometimes where there's three and four games back and you're trying to work out who's in what position in the league. And that's not good for the league. And it's not good for certain teams, especially part-time teams, then trying to fit them fixtures in midweek, which the advantage goes to the full-time teams. So uh, there's a better structure for next year. Um, there will be no games clashing with underage, so under 19 and under 21s games. The only problem you will have is the under-21 player won't get a break from mm. from there to the end. So that's something that we've got to look at with the players as well. And a lot of the managers are very understanding that position and won't burn guys out. So you hope that the player that the manager recognises and gives them that period of time yeah. to, to give them that that break. Uh, I know some of the younger players, Ross and others, and, and Dawson, the way have had a really long season. And I, I heard some of them talking there recently where they, they had suggested that the manager had given them a couple of weeks off and their energy levels raised and you could see them physically in games being better. So that's something that the manager will have to take control of next year. But for the majority of players in the league, they, they, we will have them breaks in the season now. Um, the mid-season break will be the early part of June. And this season finishing then similar time to now mid-November. We are restricted because the licensing on the front end of the season and on the back end of the season, we're, we're obviously with with the with the World Cup coming. Mm, that's going to be so. Actually, in some respects, as I nearly throw my phone on the ground, uh, I think the to me the interesting one is going to be what they do with twenty twenty three because yeah. next season the World Cup is a very obvious excuse, not excuse, it's a reason, it's a very valid reason, um, to finish things up, but. I wonder what the shape of the 2023 season will be because we have a short pre-season this, this off-season because mm. of the late finish, which is both good and bad. Um, I know previously we probably would have spoken here about the frustrations of like shutting the league down for two or three months. Um, is there any sense of what you think it might be in 2023? No. I, I think it'd be longer than, I think it'd be longer but potentially two weeks at the, at the top end of it and maybe a week at the back end. I, I don't think... A lot of people like the cup final to be the end game, right? I don't not necessarily believe that it has to be the last game. Okay. You would like it to be, but if it, if it isn't, then it's two games from the end. Well, then it's two games from the end. What we're looking for is a longer season. We want a shorter off season. We want to get rid. The players would like to get rid of as many midweek games as we possibly yeah. can, um, which is something that that the players have asked us. They want to keep the midseason break, but they would like to see less midweek games, um, and that's something that the FA have taken on board. And to give Mark Scanlon credit, we had a meeting with all the delegates at all, at all our clubs with Mark going through the calendar and he went through it week by week so the players Georgie was on the call and other players were on the call so everybody saw what the thinking was behind it and that makes it so much easier for players to understand why the fixture list is the way it is and you want to ask questions of can you do this can you do that and we had a really good discussion for about an hour and a half and that's the first time that's ever happened so that's where I'm saying to you the communication lines are really good it's just are they listening in regards to them making the changes come 2023 that's going to be the interesting one now give us our short list then that yeah. you can give us from the, the Premier First Division and the Young, young player. player so Premier Division um, PFA Ireland Player of the Year nominee is are Chris Forrester, St. Patrick Athletic, Georgie Kelly, Bohemians FC, and Roberto Lopez from Shamrock Rovers. Okay, and then we'll go young player. Yeah, so for young player of the year, it is Dawson DeVoy from Bohemians, Ross Tierney from Bohemians, and Colin Whelan from UCD. UCD. Just to point out, no, this was voted for by both. So, like, yes, both the young player. First, like, you're right, which is quite young, interesting. It is, yeah. The younger player, just for people who don't know how the voting works, uh, players vote for the, for the players in their own league, which is the Premier Division and Fourth Division. To, uh, player of the year but the young player is both leagues so that's a, a far bigger range of votes uh, yeah. that, that we have so that tends to be I don't know is, is, is it more does it recognise more I don't know but it's both yeah. leagues Whelan's not bad obviously. and then your, your first division <laughs> list is yeah, Sweden on that as well yeah the first division is Ryan Brennan uh, Shelbourne Liam Kerrigan UCD and Colin Whelan from UCD as well do you know what one thing that strikes me with that list 
every all nine players there are Dublin clubs. Yep. That must be reasonably unusual. I know Dundalk have been there in recent times in Cork, mm. but is there, are we on a bit of a Dublin revival thing going on here at the moment, or what do you reckon? Yeah, it, 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 from the from the moment the teams of the year will come out will come out next week. All um, Dublin Cup final. There's mm. an all Dublin Cup final. The, the team next week would have a, a good flavour of of Dublin based players in it. Mm. To be honest, to be quite a few that are outside, and, and maybe it it it's. It sh- Things change, don't they? Dan, they go, they go on in wheels and turns sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if you look at the underage uh, success this year, it's been quite spread out. Like you know, it mm. hasn't all been Dublin-based, which it has been for a, for mm. a, for a quite a while. Dublin-based teams are winning the underage stuff. Now it's been spread out a okay, little bit. Yeah. So, so maybe in a couple of years' time, we'll see that change to 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 where we are now with Player of the Year. We, we will hear from Ross, and he will talk about his own ideas about the quality in the league. But um, I was I was a bit struck watching um, Shamrock Rovers and Drogheda the other night. It was a record crowd, I think, um, in Talla for a League of Ireland game. And Jack Byrne had just announced he was coming back to League of Ireland that day. And I was looking at Danny Mandrew, Dylan Watts. This is just Rovers. Draw to play some lovely football. Mm. I was thinking of Derry next season, the season that Bowes have had if they do end up winning the Cup. Shane Keegan spoke about this the other day. A lot of clubs are very happy with the season that they've had or the, se- or the, the managers are happy. The league feels like next season, like we could really promote this, like get billboards out there, get people to promote it. That this could be really special. Damien next Duff season. as well, of course. I, sorry, Damien yeah. Duff and Shells are coming back in. It hasn't like me and Dan had a joke about this last season, like how you know as you get older, you're not as excited as you were when you're a kid. But like I don't well, let's know, not the, go there again. Yeah, the next season, like there's, there's so much going for us, Stephen. Yeah, I, I I think next year has the potential, um, and and this is purely on paper. Right? Yeah, has the potential to be the most exciting season in, in probably over ten years, and I do think that the Damien Duff factor at Shelbourne brings a whole different angle at, at this, and and he's he's talking about you know training in the mornings with with a team that potentially will be full time part-time I, I think they get back training in the next couple of weeks I think there'll be a different focus around that club and I just think it's going to be hugely exciting from everybody's uh, perspective um, the amount of young players that have come through like this is a young man's league let's be honest it's about great. it them days uh, of guys playing into their mid-30s and you know pick, collecting a few bob them days are well the gone Stephen McGuinness is a this far yeah, right? he, he, he finished by the way at 32 so oh, well, he, there you go. <laughs> well here we go well listen um, we're Chris gonna... Forrest was just about to come in I think well, yeah, we're going to move on with our guests. We're actually going to go, first of all, we're going to go to Georgie Kelly and Ross Tierney. And then after that, we're going to hear from Chris Fogerson. Yeah, we're joined now by uh, the deadly duo front for Bowes, uh, Ross Tierney and Georgie Kelly. Ross Tierney's been nominated for Young Player of the Year and Georgie Kelly's been nominated for Player of the Year. No major surprises there. Um, Georgie, you must be sad. You're, this is one of your last moments to spend with uh, young Rossi. Um, yeah, devastated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, devastated. Well, that's Motherwell um, signed Georgie, of course. Yeah, Who yeah, knows? Never know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Kelly doesn't rule out move to Motherwell. <laughs> uh, it's the first club-related reference we've got in. I, I, am I wrong to say his performance in the last month or so has gone up another notch? Yeah, and particularly the last month. Um, mm. I don't know if you've, how much you've watched of us, but yeah, unbelievable. Even though night, Friday night, brilliant. Like, Because mm. um, he knows he's gone now, he can relax. Keith yeah. off his back. When you were injured, <laughs> I had to dig something. <laughs> Actually, yeah, because you, you had to play without him then, mm-hmm. and uh, you'd, uh, Promise was up front with you. It's yeah, well, Promise probably better than George, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the most honesty we've ever had. Dan, do you want to say something? No, I'm happy enough. Yeah, it's, it's good to see a bit of spike, spikiness in the partnership. It's a good thing to see. You know? I loved watching the two of you up front. I thought you worked brilliantly together. What what made you click this season? I don't know. Um, Rossi's legs is a big factor. Like Rossi can cover ground, but then his Rossi's awareness around timing off when balls come up, and it's just uh, people think it just drops to him, but it's just that you can't teach that. Like you know what I mean? Mm. Say balls come up every time I look, not a down or chested down. Rossi's on your toe, like, but it's probably down to the fact that he can cover so much ground for us. Um, I kind of have to because if I don't, I hear Georgie Rossi. You need them runs, Rossi run. <laughs> yeah, no problem, Georgie. I do all the running. You get all the awards, mate. <laughs> well, your GPS stats must be good now, Rossi. Yeah, they're decent to be fair. But like Georges aren't bad. Are they not? No. Do you know that like yourselves and do they talk as to the cuz I'm all, I'm interested in this now that football is is a lot different because like you don't get away with kind of not running games because your stats are there. But do you discuss that as a, as a squad like well here are your stats here are your stats. How does it work? I, I generally don't know the answer to that. Well, yeah, like we have a GPS so like we know we're being lazy, but like there's not many lazy people in in the league I would say, but mm. Even in, in our in our group, like we always have a bit of competition. Not competition, but like Andy or, uh, and Remy who do the GPS. Like we say, what was what was numbers like? 
And if I was high, I'd be like, all right. And then you'd have Bucko coming in and say, oh, I was doing that, you're right, it's nothing special. So I was like, right. no problem, Bucko. Just but. keeps you in check, yeah. <laughs> but like Georgie, it's well known it took you a while to hit the ground running at Bowes. And as part of that, just getting to know partnerships, getting to know players around you. Because you come in at first and the first sort of month or so, mm. or whatever, first eight games or so, wasn't necessarily happening for you. And then it just seemed to click. Yeah, like a lot of my game is... Um, reading crosses, reading passes, you know, timing runs based off Rossi or based off whoever, Dawson or Lemo. So it takes a while. Like, But even the fact that we hadn't, them first, if you look at our team, them first what, eight, nine. Nine, ten, nine, ten games, like Dawson didn't play. Like our team mm. was all over. Ali was playing. So remember our team Maybe was all over the place. The like, field, yeah. it, it took until we got that consistency and then form started to improve. Um, that it, that kind of helped me as well, like a little bit, I think, in regards to creating chances. But yeah, just if the team's playing well, more likely that I'll chip them a few more goals mm. and people think I'm playing well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, that's always the nature of it. And that's, as Ross said, the strikers got all the glory, yeah. like to some, yeah. to, to some degree. I deserve it. He deserves but, that. But even for you, Ross, like when, uh, in January, when you sat down or February, whatever, and I was a bit of a delayed start, like what were your hopes from the season? Like, could you have imagined that by the end of the season, you'd be. We're talking off there about places you're going to live because you've got a, what, a long-term deal at Motherwell. I mean, where, what were you thinking was possible at the start of this season? Well, the main goal was to get into the squad at the start. Like, at the start, like, I was thinking of going out alone because last year was obviously a tough year personally and then I didn't play a lot of football with injury and stuff off the field. But, uh, yeah, at the start of the season, I was speaking to Keith, like, going out alone and he was he was like, no, I want you in the team. And we saw him Basti and there was, like, more competition. It was, like... Maybe I do have to go out alone. And I was like, no, I'll fight him for my position. Then played my first game against Van Harps in the day. I started and then never present since. And then probably seven or eight games when we were sort of struggling collectively, I was playing well. So then I kept my position and struck a partnership up with Georgian. Went from there. Went from there. Yeah. I, I know look, we're, in, we're in a group setting, so it's hard to have a big discussion about it. But I know you did mention it in an interview recently that you, you lost your brother last year and that the club had been a great support for you. And I'm guessing, I'm just asking you, that was obviously something you must have appreciated that you had a difficult time, but the club was, was there for you at that stage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I had a difficult time, like, even like my little son is two and a half years now and he was born with without, uh, an anus, like, so he had to get a colostomy bag. Then we had he had three or four big surgeries, and then with that he started getting better. And then last March, my brother Aaron, I call my brother, but he's more my best friend. He lost his uh, he took his own life in March last year, and then sort of struggled with that. And then COVID came around, and it was sort of all right. I'll I'll try to do something for him. And then the football helped a lot. It was short season. Then the season finished in November, I think. And then I was sitting there and I was like, oh. Because every time I had off of football, I wasn't playing football, I was with Aaron. Yeah. So then I was like, I have too much time. And then I was thinking about it, beating myself down, blaming myself for me not being there. And then in December, I ended up getting into a bad place. I ended up putting myself into Vincent's for three days. And then um, Keith and, and the club were just amazing with me. They gave me everything. They got me into counselling. And counselling worked wonders for me. And then, um, yeah, and then came January, I... I got back into the team and it's gone from there and football's just been amazing. Yeah, so I mean, what you're saying is that football was almost a great distraction for you and then it just, when you lost football at the end of the season, that, that's what gave you that thinking time, I suppose. Yeah, it's like, like many footballers, like when we get into football, our feet, or we get onto the, onto the field, everything just goes away and we feel great after we have a training session or after we have a game, but then when you've nothing to do and no football, football's not on the telly or you're sitting there and you're just thinking sitting on your own and things just get on top of you and you bottle it up and then like I said in an interview uh, I think it was after the drop of the game mm. men's mental health isn't spoke about enough and I've been in the bad place and it's really not nice yet I've always said like nah if it gets worse I'll speak about it and then it comes to a point where I can't speak about it and it gets too much and then it just overspills and yeah December like December wasn't good for me but now I'm here and Got my move, hopefully it goes through. And then in the final on Sunday, hopefully leave her a bit of silverware in Europe. Yeah, and you have, a, you have a second kid now? I have a second. Yeah, we played Derry in the Brandywell. And, uh, George is smiling there. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to, I had to rush because I, I couldn't go on the bus because my missus went into labour before the game. But I got told her, I was like, nothing I can do to play the game. Let me know if 
I'll know after the game if I have a little daughter or not. But thankfully she was still in labour when we finished the game, so Collie put the put the foot down. Collie <laughs> took you, did he? Collie yeah. took me after the game, straight down the car, and thankfully I made the birth, yeah. So she's not as demanding as, for you as, as Georgie is, you know, get on the run straight away. She, <laughs> she actually gave you a bit of two-hour break before you got going, yeah? No, 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 she gave me a bit of a break, but like, like I said, George. We could see at the start of the season that we knew Georgie's hold of play was unbelievable and I just feed off Georgie like his hold of play probably one of the best in the league if not the best in the league mm. and his goal record speaks for himself like he scores every type of goal but like I said before he doesn't get the recognition he does for the hard work I said you can ask any defender he's he's not just goal scoring he presses you and, and he's, he's a big boy it's yeah. nice isn't it they like each other really you know there's all that sort of stuff at the start but they actually really get on you what, know? Was that, what was that line when you and Pico Lopez had your spat in the game I was like you're two of the nice lads of the league what it was Ronan Finn it was Ronan, oh, Ronan Finn, Finn yeah and I was like you're two of the nice lads of the league what came over and you're like I don't know you, you know how to put the boot in as well do you uh, you have to kind of adapt I think and change yeah. um, oh, that day that was just emotion yeah Bo's but, Bo's games are different yeah, yeah they are Yeah, I was coming on my first taste of them being kind of feisty but yeah, that's what happens. What mm. happens, doesn't it, Ross? Well, I don't know, George. I've never been said that, mate. <laughs> can I, can I say, what age are you, Ross, now? I'm 20 now. Tw- 20? 20. Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous the amount that's happened in your life already. Like, you've mm. two kids, you, you mentioned the heartache, and I still think at the start of the season, people had no idea how much you were going to explode onto the scene. Like, and now nobody's surprised that you're getting a move. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the start of the season, I was sort of planning going out alone. Like, I was thinking, no. I was like, no, I'm good enough. I know I'm good enough. I've shown that I'm good enough. But it's like, thankfully, Keith, Keith gave me the opportunity to play again. Like he did, he gave me my debut. and I've played under Keith for my whole um, senior career. And it's just been amazing. I don't think I'd rather be anywhere but balls to play. Except, obviously, mm. if, I go, if I go away, like, improve. But like, yeah, no one in the league I'd rather play for. Do you do you feel sympathy for him then that he is losing players? Like, he'll definitely lose you. He's going to lose other players and he has to rebuild again. Yeah, I think it's difficult. Like, he's done an amazing job. Like, he's, we've lost we lost Danny Grant and Chris Twardick that And on, Andre Wright probably scored every goal last season mm. to lose them three. And then, again, to bring Georgie in, like, George probably had a tough year last year, but we he could see that. He could score goals. He could give a lot to the team, and I think Georgie fit in right the right way with that. Mm. Always want to play, and thankfully we signed him because I probably wouldn't be where I am today without George. Mm. Well, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, Georgie. Um, I know we'll get out of the way first. I got the impression you're going to wait to see see how the cup final goes, and you're going to make a decision on the future. Then, he's going to reveal it on the final. <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, unless you want to tell us something now, but you know, it's, but it's 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 the nature of the League of Ireland mm. players' life. You maybe haven't experienced experienced it too much because Dundalk were giving out reasonable deals but are you just sort of waiting to see what happens is that sort of the best way because you're going to be asked about it by the way downstairs as well there's press downstairs yeah. too so no, the way get I'm, out of the way yeah, the way I'm living it is yeah I'll wait after the cup final but I have exams and all now at the minute so I literally don't want to hear I'm, I'm not literally not answering phone calls not responding to text I don't want to hear anything because there's no real rush either like mm. um, until January so I'll wait and I'll see and weigh everything up then because um, everyone's always you're asking oh what are you doing I'm like I don't know you know what I mean I don't, yeah. know. Do I don't, know. I don't know myself like yeah. do any exams, do any exams? Yeah, so. Ross are you on social media or anything do you, I am yeah you are yeah. and what would you tweet about generally or uh, Insta- Insta- Instagram or what would you post about like well, just probably just some kids and football football because I was reading this <laughs> message the other day right and I actually sent it to someone could Bitcoin mining be a useful addition to the Irish electricity grid? Dispatch down levels are high and the flexibility of BTC mining could, improve, could provide improved grid security. They'd be perfect demand response programs. What am I missing? By Georgie Kelly. And I was looking at this going, I've no, I've no idea what this means. What are you talking about? And like, this is the most... Normally people post up thanks to the fans. You know, great show today. Just sums <laughs> Georgie up. <laughs> you know we mean? go again. <laughs> we go again next week. You know, fans were great. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. It's a different thing. But you have a bit more, you've you a, a bit of a dual focus in your life. You have your football, but you do have your education and other things, right? Yeah, that's, um, we were actually just, we're doing a module on that, on, on grid systems and uh, <laughs> sustainable grid systems. And that's what I was just wondering where the lecture we're having that debate. But um, no, yeah, that masters, it's in renewable energy. 
um, environmental finance, environmental yeah. finance, yes, and that's just something that I'm interested in, yeah, and that's oh, that's a growth industry, yeah, mm. uh, hopefully, especially out west in the next ten mm. years with wind and stuff. I have um, a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get, is there anyone in the Bowes dressing room you could turn to on like the bus or the way trip or something to maybe yeah, to get a bit Rory, get a, get Rory Feely and Georgie is the only two that can sit down and have a conversation. Buck <laughs> <laughs> was always on her ear then. <laughs> <laughs> You're a disparate group of characters in that Bowles dressing room, to be fair. You obviously get on, though. Yeah, we do, yeah. We've, we've, I think that's something that stood to us, especially at the start of the year, where we had a difficult difficult run, but, like, the group's just unbelievable, especially uh, when I've been at Bowles, like, the dressing room's something that we've sort of got the edge over from everyone else in the league. And, like, it's just unbelievable. The dressing room, like, we always we enjoy going in every day to train. And we think, like, again tonight, we can't wait to go in and see what this week old mm. yeah but in seriously Georgie like you do have you have other options but is at the same time football full time football is obviously very tempting as well too so but do you think no matter what you do you're always going to have that sort of interest in your education you're not just going to park it for a period of time you know what I mean um, yeah no I'm not just going to park it like I, I was even thinking there once I finish um, like I'd even lo- I'd love to even if I can't see if you are playing football full time you have loads of hours in the day like um, absolutely like I would love to Unless you have two kids. Try to slip in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't don't go down the two kids route. (laughs) Um, But like, I would would happily work for free somewhere and slip in and see what I can do or learn. Mm. Um, Renewable energy, is it? Yeah, or even just finance anything at all. Um, My plan would probably be to try and keep the toe dipped in somewhere like and doing something, yeah. Was it, because at UCD, like the group that you were with, Mm. um, like the ones who haven't gone on to play say football at a good level like have they gone off in different ways in life like do you, do you keep in touch with what they're doing if you know what I mean in the working world um, yeah most of them it depends on what degrees they got but yeah a lot of um, a lot of accountants a lot of people going on to further doing masters or doing um, you know like for like whatever different accountancy exams or whatever um, yeah that's that's kind of what happens and that's why you should be such a good model like you, yeah. you know that it's not just either make it or you don't like there's you obviously have other options and something to fall back on like but yeah, a lot of them lads in that team did end up coming on and playing, playing senior football at a good level. So, mm. yeah, very good side. Like. So, Sunday, lads. I mean, most most of the time I do interviews with people around the cup final and you'd say to them, God, are you looking forward to playing in the Aviva and what do you think of the Aviva? And it's like, well, you're like just heading down to your usual gaff now because like, you've, you've been there sort of what, three times in a very short space of time. But in a weird way, does that, does that help you in terms of Sunday that you're not going to be looking around the stadium going it's great to be here because you've been there you've tasted it albeit for the 8,000 well I know there's a bit, bit yeah. of a difference but there's still. a big difference I think I don't yeah. know. do, do you, know, you think so there's a huge difference yeah. I, Pe- think, I hear yeah. people always oh they've played and that'll stand to them I don't think it will um, nah. players in this league aren't used to playing in front of 40 you know 35 40,000 people like um, and the atmosphere and stuff um, it's, a, it's a leveler like it's a huge leveler when it comes to cup finals even in regards to tactics and things it all kind of goes out the window a little bit like I don't know what mm. years thanks to cup finals but um yeah, for me, there's uh, it's always real tense and edgy, like, and I don't think that'll uh, be much of an advantage to us. I don't know what you think, Ross. I've never been in the final, but like, like I said, like Georgie said, it's a level, like it, it's a final. Anything can happen. Both teams have youth, both teams have experience. Like it's eleven v eleven at the end of the day. And, yeah, hopefully we come out on top. Were you involved in the uh, with the dark in the cup final there? I'm trying to think the. 2018 18, 18, 19, I didn't come on 18 came on 2019 yeah. yeah yeah and what's your sort of memories of that I mean that's obviously mm-hmm. the you know didn't end particularly well but just the occasion I mean and the event yeah um, probably still to this day that the 2019 final is probably the best atmosphere I've played in front of um, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable like fans and I'd say it'll probably even better this year like with with bigger numbers um, but yeah it's just tense and uh, and nervy like is a high mm. see, and they're always kind of scrappy games and I feel like they don't really showcase the best of the league they won't, it won't be Sunday no. though will it, what do it won't be scrappy game like it's oh no not at all that's no, we'll both games this year have all been a bit mad yeah to some like, degree, like you know but uh, what do you, you reckon Cause you, but in fairness to Dan, edgy, Dan like, you, you, you know what the pitch is like so it's not nothing new to you there like you've you don't play bad football like do you neither you nor Pats really like no, no. but either the Dundalk or Rovers and, and the last mm. few are Cork and, and their games have been edgy and you know, but I don't know. We'll Ross, it's going to be we'll a classic, see. isn't it? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. If, if Georgie scores a goal, we'd be happy. Yeah. What's your story, Ross? When are you uh, when are you actually moving over? Do you get a bit of a break after the after the football finishes, or do <laughs> they want really, you over quickly? I haven't really talked talked about it. Really, it's just more concentrating on balls. And obviously, the last game is on Sunday, so after that, we'll a good a good focus with it. Yeah. What a swan song like? What a way to go out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't strike me as somebody that'd be phased by 40,000 people, a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of eyes on you. No, I have big Georgie to help you out. <laughs> He'll help you. Whereabouts, whereabouts in Dublin are you from, Ross? Ballymun. How many have I'm you proud. got? How many have you got going to the game on Sunday? A lot, a lot, a lot. Proper gang going. Proper gang going, but once George is there with me, hat with his arm around me. What about what about, is there a Donny Gold bus of some description coming uh, down? There's or? a few. Yeah, there's ten or twenty, thirty coming down. Yeah, there's a good crowd. Um, not many Donny Gold people got the cup finals fun harps are about away yet, so. Yeah, yeah a good bunch come down. Like the girl. first, the first time I came across you, you were warming up, and I was working for Air Sport at the time. And uh, Shane Supple was saying, "Really like this kid, Tierney, kid from Ballymun." And I started thinking, "What was it like growing up in Ballymun?" It was tough, very tough. But like, like I said, I had Aaron, and mm. growing up, like we just loved playing football. We just played football every day, and that's what I said. I owe a lot to him. Probably wouldn't be playing football if it wasn't for him. Really, yeah, yeah. Like it was. At his one one of his games that I started playing football was when we were at Wefta. So my sister is, was with his dad and has three kids now for his dad and uh, they brought me to one of his matches to play to watch and I ended up playing and went from there and then I started off at Wefta. I started I play he was two years older than me. He played two years older than me. So I started playing a year older and then I signed for Kevin's then when I was nine or something. Played from Kevin's right up. Left at fourteen to go to Belver for a year and then went back to Kevin's and then played at Kevin's and then went to Bowes 17s 19s and now first time Were there many kids from Ballymona at Kevin's? Uh, I think it was just me Dale Dale Rooney and Danny Mandrew and, yeah. They're alright yeah, They're not too bad Not a bad trio yeah Mandrew I was, I was on off the ball earlier like some of his performances I have to say of late have been like he's gone to another level as well I know oh, you're he's, he's a joke of a player like it's just trying to get out and consistently and then like I've, I've grown up with him like we always just play football together he lived around the corner from me him and Dale are close mates and then I always give Dan I used to always give Dan a lift to training and that at balls and Dan was a lovely lad and he deserves everything he gets because he, he does work hard to be fair to the lads it's mad the way it works out it's a funny old game mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. listen I think we'll let the lads go Johnny we didn't get an answer out of Georgie yet. Well, I mean, I don't think he's got. Yeah, he he no, the, the, the Bitcoin one. He doesn't. Do <laughs> 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 you have any Bitcoin, Johnny? No. No. Do it some. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will have a chat with you about renewable energy, though, you know. But uh, yeah, thanks a million, lads. Best of luck with the. And congrats on the nominations, yeah, by the way. Sorry, it's obviously an honour to be recognised. I should say this it's obviously an honour to be recognised by your peers as well. That probably is one aspect of it that's that's good. Mm. Yeah, it is. Like, just, I think the league doesn't get doesn't get the recognition it deserves like we have a lot of quality players in, in the league you know like it's the league's getting better now a lot of players are staying instead of going to England at a young age thankfully I don't I didn't really have an option but if I did like a lot I played my Kevin's team I think it was only three of us that didn't go away mm. Dawson was one of them that went away and came back and three and that I, didn't go away three yeah. that didn't go really? away and now it's on, and now I think there's only one that's left over there and the rest are playing in League of Ireland, they're lower or not playing at all. Who's so. the one that's left? Uh, Ryan Cassidy's left over there, but oh, yeah. I think he, he's uh, he's at Watford, but he's, he was struggling with injury. But mm. like I said, like a lot of players went away, and most of them came back. And and me and Dawson are going the other way now. I hope and you'll be and you'll be missed. But then there's a Jamie Mullins like yeah. coming through to take I your spot. You know what I mean? He's all right. He's a lot of quality, especially in the younger age, like Sean Grant and me. I think we. Eight, eight players that are on pro contracts now that mm-hmm. at start of season like they've been trying with us like like Jamie, Jamie's he's only 16 like we had Ev Ev came up and he was only Evan 14 Ferguson, is it? Ev yeah. Ferguson well, big big boy <laughs> <laughs> he's a big boy and uh, <laughs> but like then we have Jay and Jay's his, his feet are like hands like it's the way he just runs with the ball but yeah it is true to say though that like we'll I think an awful lot of people will be really interested in how he gets on in Scotland because we've seen Jamie McGrath and I don't know the people who just want you to do well that's what I'm saying like we've seen a lot of players that have come from the League of Ireland that are now senior internationals and like, mm. it, there's a lot of quality in the league and I think I think people are starting to notice that now I think we're good listen we'll let the lads go they've more interviews to do but thanks for your time and the very best of no luck whatever thanks, Sunday lads. and what's coming down the tracks thank you cheers See you, lads. thanks to the two lads there now we're joined by the opposition St. Patrick's Athletic Chris Forrester what's the crack? not much not much yeah. uh, just been from training come in to do this so uh, yeah it's been a good day in training so we'll 
preparing for the for the game on Sunday now. You've been not, I mean you're here because you've been nominated as the, one of the top three players in the league by your fellow pros. That's obviously a nice thing. Yeah, I'm delighted to be fair. I was only speaking with my family and stuff and you know, I haven't been around any any sort of awards in a couple of years, so I'm delighted to be back amongst uh, uh at least contending for it anyway. Uh so yeah, it's it's really nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Stephen O'Donnell spoke earlier this season to us, and it's a long. It's been a long season. That seems like about three years. It's a long season. Like... There's been a lot of zooms and a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. and stuff. But I remember him saying at one stage, I think he, he did. He say to you, he was like, "Chris, you know, you're 28. You know, you should be like people would think you were you were older because you've been around for longer." And it's and yeah. I, it was that part of his thing that he's worked on with you, like get people talking about you again and embrace it in a positive way. That's exactly it. Like when he first came in, he he was like. Uh, a breath of fresh air for me because he just told me how it was really uh, he told me what he thought of me and what he saw in me as a footballer and it kind of gave me the belief then to you know push on I think I have under Stephen uh, you see through my performances since he's come in I think I've been a, a much better player much well, more well rounded player sorry uh, yeah he's just basically telling me how it was and you know still belief back in myself that I, I'd lost uh, so yeah, it's been it's been a good match to be fair. You're just enjoying your football again. I mean, it's a very simple sentence, that, but there's a lot there's a lot in it because you've there been is, through yeah. your you've been through some challenges and you've spoken yeah. about it before. The simple basics of just getting back to enjoying it again like, yeah, must mean a lot. It's so weird because it's everyone just says, "How are you not enjoying being a footballer?" Or how like, you go out training every day. And, well, it's not as simple as that. It's just a it's a passive comment that people can make mm. and they don't really understand the ins and outs of what's really going on in someone's life. Uh, yeah, it was it was a difficult couple of years for me in terms of what went on and performances kind of fell away and coming home I seen that as a as a failure and stuff like that. So it took me a while to then to go over that. And then the gaffer came in and he kinda, you know, made me rethink rethink everything and it's pushed me on from then, I suppose. Yeah, I mean did you ever think I don't know do you ever think you'd stop playing? You know what I mean? Like if you if you stop, you know what I mean? Like you stop enjoying yeah. football. Does that does it cross your mind? Oh, you know, maybe this isn't making me happy. Do I do something else? Or was there no nothing else? If you know what I mean? Nah, there'll never be anything else really for me other than football. It's all I've all I've ever done, I suppose. Uh, but I get what you're saying. Like you, some nights, late nights, you're lying in bed and you're like, ah, I'll just sack it off. I'm not mm. I'm not doing this anymore. It's not worth it. But then you need people around you that are gonna, you know, like the gaffers done with me dig it out and you know get you back to where where you want to be at and just kind of nurturing you back to where you were uh, I suppose and I had a few people around me that done that and thankfully enough that I've come out the other side and I'm, I'm enjoying it again I sometimes think about that like the like 20 25 years ago the league here was almost completely part time so someone like you coming back you really would have had to do something else you know what I mean it would have yeah. been hard for you to sort of get a like I think there's there's a certain importance for full time football here that they can offer that sort of opportunity to someone that you don't always get because, as you said, you have a very singular focus in terms of football and yeah. if you'd been told to do something else on the side, it might have been a struggle for you. Uh, would have been, it definitely would have been because like growing up, all my mates would have said to me like, "What what are you going to do when you when you stop playing football?" I'm like, "Jeez, oh, I don't know." Like, it's only recently I started to kind of plan for stuff like that and. You know, when you're young, you think it never end and stuff like that. But like you're saying, it's good that there is full-time facilities and stuff back here, mm. back in the league now. Nowadays, that you can just come back in and you know be fully focused on football. Who would have been the influences around you aside from your manager that would have got you pushed in the right direction again? Couple of friends and you know, my missus. She she was there throughout the whole wherever the whole dark times, as you'd say. Mm. Uh, you know, just kind of trying to get me back to where I was at. Just keep them by my side and, you know, keep filling me with positivity, I suppose. Uh, a couple of friends that were always there that would tell you how it is, really. Yeah. Not like like some people would just tell you what you want to hear. What you wanna you're hear. great. You're doing yeah, great. Yeah, just, oh, it's the manager's fault you're not playing or whoever. Tell you what you want to hear. Uh, yeah, a couple of friends, a couple of, couple of family members and obviously my girlfriend was there throughout, so... That's big up the whole. It's it's an interesting. I mean, we you haven't heard the rest of the show that we've done, but we we had so your team we, today. Isn't well, it, it is a bit. We had Stephen McGinnis on speaking about his own situation. Ross Tierney spoke very well about situations in his life. He lost his brother. I think you've spoken before about even just a bit of anxiety and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and things that you've had to to deal with. But it, it feels like you're able to talk about it, and that's almost 
half the battle sometimes, isn't it? It is, to, to be face fair. Out. If you share your problems, like it's problem half. I remember someone saying mm. something like that mm. along them lines. And problem shared is a problem half. Yeah, yeah. something along them mm. lines. And I, it kind of stuck with me. You know, I start, you know, saying what I wanted to say and getting off your chest because there's no point holding it in, I suppose. And it is, like you said, it's a team of many conversations now. Everyone has their own struggles and, you know, with the social media things and all that that's, that's going around, there's a lot more positivity around speaking about mental health. So mm. it's all good. Yeah. How long are you with the missus then? Uh, five years now. So she obviously thought you were a ringer for Ian Curtis. Peter Crouch, you was. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Derek so we, We've had this totally with me. We've had this Curtis, for, uh, but, but Johnny, you took uh, a picture of Ian Curtis then that looks uh, nothing like no. Chris. Okay. There's well, a black and white picture too. It was, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. so, so, he's, he's, Derek agrees with me, and that's all I need to know. Derek knows his music and he knows his football. I did uh, Earlier today, they were on about Man United and one about Michael Carrick. You were compared to Michael Carrick back in the day, weren't you? Where, yeah. And it's mad to think you thought you came back from England a failure despite the fact that you went over there as an unbelievable footballer you did have a good time with over there for a while yeah, like. yeah that's true uh, Graham Wesley was the manager of Peterborough when that article and stuff came out and I was playing sort of a similar role to mm. what Carrick was playing for you played United. against Chelsea didn't you mm. yeah we played Chelsea we had a couple of games against West Brom in the FA Cup and we played Leicester Harry Maguire and stuff played before he got his move to United um, but Wesley said that he I was compared to he was compared me to Michael Carrick, but I don't know. Watched a few clips on Michael Carrick then to see what he was talking about, and <laughs> I don't know he's a bit far off in his judgment. But nah, it was obviously nice. I did, like you said, I did have a good time over there. There was a lot of good, like big occasions in the FA Cup that I played in. Captained my team at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, which was unbelievable. Can Can I ask you what level do you think you were comfortable at? What was what What was your ceiling over there? Do you think? Uh, I, I, I've, I always had this inner belief in myself that I could have played a lot higher, at least championship, I thought. Well, some, I don't think anyone would with that. I don't think anyone some days you might have got me with a bit more confidence. I said, <laughs> I could have played in the prem. Uh, but nah, I would have said I, I was capable of playing the championship at, at that time anyway, in the, in the form that I was in and the confidence that I felt and I was just I was just cruising through games and I felt really good cruising through games yeah. see we're not yeah. going to be one of those people that tell you what you want to hear like you know, as you said yeah. but I think that is true yeah. I think from your performances over there it's pretty obvious at least championship level I'd say yeah, you'd be playing at the least. World Cup the way you're going now yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like tough. Pico Lopez but there was talk I mean, there, I, mean I don't know because you, you've, you've spoken about sort of being happy and stuff like that do you ever miss being over there do you know what I mean do you ever think God I wish I, I still wish I was there do you have those days uh, no, not really. No, yeah, I know. Like some days you might just think I'd be I'd be watching like Sky Sports News or wherever, and you'd be looking at stories or wherever, and, like lower league teams and people going here and there that you that you would have played against. Mm. So you're like, Jesus, I could have I could have done something like that or could have made that move. Uh, in terms of missing it, no, I'm really happy here. I'm really happy at Pats. Uh, I'm I'm back enjoying football, and you know, like I said, I'm here now in contention for winning a Player of the Year award, which seemed a long way off for me. Can mm. you relate to Jack so Byrne really coming happy. back? Wanted to be home again, kind of. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I just wanted to be home. I wanted to see my ma every day. Uh, like Jacko. Like yeah. Literally, just to be able to pop into my ma's, whereas when I was in Peterborough or Aberdeen, it was a, it was a plan thing. You needed to get permission to come home and... But they were flying over once a month and it just wasn't the same as just being able to knock on your man's dog when you get I remember, I remember yeah. I went over and I saw you in Peterborough one day. I think you actually missed a penalty today. I came <laughs> yeah, to watch it. Yeah, it was typical. Like, so if you're going over as, as a journalist to interview a guy playing in England like, and you go to the match, it's a bit of a gamble and you're sort of thinking, I hope this match goes well for them or something yeah. like that. What were you thinking? That a was penalty, against, a pe- uh, penalty very, in injury time, wasn't yeah, it? Or something? And my ma and my sister was over at the game and we had plans to go for a meal and stuff. And... That was my kind of forced downfall at Peterborough, like mm. forced bad time because everything else was going real smooth. So I had the confidence, stepped up, took the penalty off, the original penalty taker, uh, 94th minute or wherever to go one it up and I missed it. So I went home, I remember I was going home, my mom was like, guess I'm not going for a field. I was like, definitely not. Yeah. So 
I was just a bad. That was a terrible time. I remember. Oh, I remember you came out and you sat on the bench and <laughs> thank you for speaking to me. But I was just thinking, oh God, <laughs> like, I can't, go, go, through I can't go home saying yeah. I didn't actually get him. Like, you know what I mean? So it's a sort of a bit of a, it's a bit of an awkward. I remember another time I was Sheffield United. I was going to do a piece for Ender Stevens and he got absolutely roasted in the game by whoever he was playing against. Like, I just and I actually, I thankfully, I had something else arranged that I was able to say here. Listen, we'll just do it again another yeah, time yeah. because it is that sort of classic thing of. You just want to hide after those type of days, 100%, you know? Because obviously it would have been all right if it was early in the game or something and you had a chance then to get back in, but it was like last minute, everyone's waiting for the, for the high moment just to get us through the game. But yeah. Can, can I ask you, I just, I just read that like there, there was lobbying in relation to, from the Irish side that the Brexit rule would be changed, that kids could go over. Now, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but like, are we not missing a huge opportunity here that we can keep kids? And what you, you were fairly well versed because you were over there. And you, even at your age, you thought yeah. you came back, quote unquote, a failure. Like, yeah, a lot. Like, you hear, I remember you used to hear about loads of kids going on trials here, there. Oh, he signed for this team and they'll end up back when they're 18, 19. And like I said, I, I, I thought, I, I did consider it as a failure, but I don't know. I, I understand it a bit more. Mm. But kids coming back, they're going to think, oh, I've messed up everything. This this is the end for me, and you know they'll pack in football just because they think they failed. They've just failed at that certain thing. They just haven't failed all all their career, whatever. I suppose. And at that age, whereas yeah. like you might be a late developer, for example, like we we we'll hear like um, Ross as well talking about like Jamie Mullins coming through. Like there are yeah. kids in Ireland now that it is a young league. You must be well versed to say like some really good players in this league and young players as well. There's massive talent in the league, especially coming through. Especially mm. on their team, you have young King Corby made his league debut the other night. James Abankwe, I think seventeen. Mm. He asked me for a lift home the other day from training, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "I was like, where are you going?" He's like, "Going to school." So like, <laughs> so Did you drop him to school then? I dropped him outside his school. I was like, Jesus. Oh, you, you must feel like an old lad. I, yeah. I felt terrible I did in the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of young lads coming through. You see Dara Bourne's young lad as well coming through with us. And then obviously Bowers up there, players coming through. So you got to have um, Johnny Kenny so coming on, through. Yeah. So it's it's good for the league. And like you said, if I'm not sure what way that works now with the kids allowed to go to England. It's no, well, Glory, Glory and Zingo went to France, obviously, mm. but you can't yeah. go to England if you're sick, unless mm. you can find a, a family thing or some kind of workaround. So, them yeah. avenues might open up as well, like France and other European yeah. teams might be good uh, for for players to go. You know, England's not the only option. It might have suited you, actually, as well as when you think about the style. Yeah. Now, you would have been a bit further from home, though. That would have oh, been a, geez, like, that a bit more complicated, out, yeah. like, you know. But, yeah. North of France or something like that. North of get France with the, the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a trek, like, you know. Um, how do you feel about your playing at the moment, where you're at compared to the peak Chris Forrester? Uh, not far off, to be fair. I think on par, probably. Mm. Uh, you know, I was playing really well when I was away uh, for about a year and a half to two years I was I was on top of my game I was I was fit I was I was moving well I feel like I'm this season I've moved really well I've got a couple of goals again um a couple of assists and all round play I think has has been back to where it was at what about that assist against Longford the little the dig. little scoop from yeah. Matty Smith was oh, it I'm having that ah, that was alright to see me win against Finn Harps was better I don't the, remember that Alfie Lewis that Johnny, was Johnny was probably a at rugby, a gig or rugby, rugby or a gig or something that night <laughs> when yeah. was that Johnny used uh, you'll to have to find yeah. that one it's a good one it's a good one you'll have to find a Chris uh, Jamie uh, or sorry uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, an Ian Curtis Jamie Lee Curtis from Jamie True Lies <laughs> where am I going with this <laughs> I don't know I he doesn't I'm look so, like her right? I think I'm starstruck here yeah I think but, uh, you've completely lost your composure um, hopefully you won't be losing your composure on Sunday <laughs> absolutely uh, like that segment. yeah I got because you have the cup final in 2014 you have you were part of that amazing yeah. emotion of Pats finally winning the cup yeah. um, and th- I don't know is there a different feel around this one it felt like those Pats cup finals there was a real pressure with those games like you have to fin it you have to yeah. move this sort of this way especially weight. the fourth one because there was the uh, what would you call it a hoodoo was that the, yeah, the, yeah, the everyone hoodoo. was using the, I don't think it was 50 odd years at the fourth one and there was an awful lot of pressure around the, oh, people are like we need this one we need this one because you haven't been here in so long uh, and then we lost that and then the second one was like you had a bit more experience in it you knew like going into it we had a lot more experienced players I think at the time as well and then obviously we won it but people were coming up just thanking you and you know saying it's one of the greatest days of their lives and all the men and all the women were coming up saying we, I was at the final in 
50 61 was 61. the last one yeah wow that's mad and they were like thanking you and they were like that's it like that's the best thing that's ever happened to me since then and all this sort of stuff so but in terms of this one there's the, all the young lads and all at the team are just buzzing for it or all just buzzing for it there's no real pressure there's obviously pressure it's a it's a massive game but it's not it's not pressure like it was yeah, back there's in pressure just for the standards you probably set for yourself yeah. as opposed to this just personal yeah. and team standards rather than the outside world telling you oh we need to break this hoodoo or yeah wherever like that so this is it your time to shine i your think time? it's bad's yeah. time to shine we have a lot of young lads that uh that i think will do really well in the game and you know the occasion and all I don't think i would get to them i think like you were saying about the young lads they're all mm. that built differently now i mm. think i remember going into the game in 2014 2012 i was terrified and i'm looking at mm. the young lads now and I, I i don't think it'll bother them at all mm. So it's it's Chris a Forrest sign of the times, though. I suppose. Chris Forrest special could be on the way on Sunday. Uh, hopefully, I haven't had haven't had a little special goal in the world, so hopefully there's something in there. That's good stuff. Listen, Chris, thanks for coming Cheers, to chat lads. to us. Thanks. Hope it all goes well. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, top man, Chris. Heart and soul, one will burn, Dan. My, my favorite lyrics from my favorite Joy Division song. Chris will tear them apart on Chris Sunday. Chris will tear them apart. Yeah, yeah. You, did, you really didn't get that thing at all. The Ian Curtis thing. Then boys all over it. But you have to remember that predominantly now working in say football journalism with the odd exception you're generally talking to people born after 1990 you know and in fact it's getting around to the to the situation where Ross Tierney is born in the 2000s and he he is is two young kids already you know so I thought um, they were great guests I have to say I thought the lads spoke oh the honesty of all the the, 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 there was a sort of a consistent theme and it wasn't planned that way it just so happened I mean these are the people that have been nominated Mm. and they ended up speaking we never spoke to Bose about the Bose lads about uh, Europe actually the crack that no and and also Georgie as well was saying um, afterwards that we we should have discussed even Keith Long's decision to play Ross as a number 10 that that was when when Georgie came into the club first he wouldn't have seen Ross in that position and yes he's trying to give us like editorial direction here we didn't get there listen Georgie could have maybe Georgie could invest in us yeah. you know what I mean like <laughs> could he, could he really? I'm not sure what our, what is Bitcoin <laughs> what is our Bitcoin I've been meaning to talk to you again I can't believe I'm coming back to uh, um, last week on Twitter um, th- I mean that, that <laughs> image you posted on Twitter right it was of, just though it was uh, just, I looked up Google sex and it came uh, up. It was I, one th- of the only that, ones that, that, that was my question let me explain for people right that you you put up a tweet because not everyone who listens to this is on trying Twitter. to flog the show so, late so you, you were advertising the show and you, you posted up how uh, you know how in episode 36 we discussed whether sex life you know has an impact or not on your League of Ireland support words to that effect but you had a, a sort of, hypothesized you, you had a crude picture of like basically it was like two mannequins right <laughs> Two mannequins, but like as you can see, like I'm showing Del, Del here, producer. It's all my brother the two, had. The like. two, ma- <laughs> two mannequins. Clearly, their 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 heads are obscured. Would, so we, we had to. We don't I, even know. No if identity. We don't even know if they're attractive mannequins or not. And they're attracted to each other. They're they? attracted to each other, as we can see. But I was I was curious as to what your your so how I, your Google I, so search I, managed I Google, to I Google like did you did you Google, like, I Google did you sex right mannequins? Did you no, mannequins? just sex. <laughs> but then the Google, headless mannequins. Google, sex. Google images and the first sort of eight that came up seven of them were people that I was like I'm not sure I can put these people in because they could be identified yeah so <laughs> they definitely haven't featured in episode 36 otherwise <laughs> but uh, got, got good traction like much of it was like you slagging me for being on Twitter well I always and have I, to clarify I, I should clarify that I am I'm, I'm pretty much contractually obliged to help our Twitter feed so yeah. I have to put some stuff on there even if I wanted to be off it which in this day and age as a journalist is anyways next to impossible I don't have a personal account but I did have to post I, something I didn't need to post that I do appreciate those people out there who recognise that what probably wasn't me who posted that but I still feel obliged to reply sometimes just to well you didn't re- you, you, you did that entirely to make to make a show of me like and I'd already made a show of the mannequins do you know yeah. what I mean like um, but it, it's quite a fetching image there yeah. um, you know it, it is true. And though. You went to a live broadcast of another show, another another show earlier in the week. I did. Uh, call his call. Yeah, yeah, you were sending me videos from it, and you were basically meeting our listeners at the show. Yeah, and like I'm sending me little, man. sending me little I'm videos back from it. Yeah, and, and just going back to the comment about like when your your sex life gets going, and all that like not, that notwithstanding, I am actually I've never been as excited about a League of Ireland season next season. I think it's going to be. Uh, I mean, so you, good. Do you need I, to equate yes, that with I your have, excitement? Um, like how how excited are you? Because you weren't that excited last. <laughs> like, oh, you know. But not to be clear, Dell goes around. Like, are you trying well, to? It won't be mannequin related. I'm sort of thinking like, yeah. I'm thinking like uh, clothes uh, off. 
Roman in succession standing looking at the window over the haven't seen succession uh, oh, right, okay well I mean I, I just imagine your, your level of excitement I would rather not I would rather think of a mannequin I will think of a mannequin now. Jack Byrne is back yeah he is back like, yeah. it's, just, it's showbiz like what, we need billboards to promote the league next season we need do you like, think, do you think people the, are, Danny Mandroyu's you know level right, at the moment pe- pe- is, okay. is sensational people always say that people always say you need billboards do people actually look yeah. at billboards and, what's the last billboard you saw Whatever was the last billboard I well, saw. What was, that? what was on it? Um, I've definitely taken notice of like, you know, women's GA or whatever being on billboards. Did like. you go to a game off the back? It's, it's, it's enhanced my Are awareness. people not just like staring at their phone as they go along? I mean, the, I think the modern, I bill, know what you're saying. The modern billboard is a promoted Phones are on the back of buses pr- all the time. Pr- promoted ad of Insta- on Instagram. There, yeah, no, Shells, apparently, problem. I saw people were horrified recently that Shells popped up in their promoted feed uh, advertising their season tickets off the back of the Duff News. Which is, I mean, clever. Apparently it's they've the, sold tickets in your piece and Saturday. They've sold tickets from like yeah, no, outside I did, of Dublin. I did have a big piece season on tickets. Shells. Um, with, I spoke to a couple of people. Uh, it was in last Saturday's paper. Yeah, Brian McGovern, one of the co-owners, talking about you know the Champions League being the division. We should probably refer. To, I mean, a lot of things have happened since we've 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 our last show. And you mentioned the Jack Byrne aspect. Uh, well, Patching finally announced today. Brian Maher will be joining Derry as well too. Um, and there's a lot to happen. There's this cup final week, which is terrific. I'm really looking forward to it. Hope the weather stays okay on Sunday. Hope you'll be able um, to have a pint at it. it seems well, to be up in the that air. could be doubtful, but I mean, people can always get one afterwards or around the ground. But thirty thousand tickets sold. Gary, I think give or take. twenty-nine. So hopefully they can get to. And we've two to give away. We've two. We've, we've given them away. We had the draw. The winner was nope. Tommy Hamill. So um, yeah, come and come and collect your prize, Tommy. Who's, he, who's Tommy going to bring? Well, I don't Hopefully know. Hopefully not a mannequin. Well, <laughs> I don't want that to become our calling card. No, Tommy. you know, it's mannequins. It's one of these. Yeah, I think. I think it, it in terms of promotion, like it, it's like the billboard. If it were a billboard, no, it I'm only being a bit facetious. Like, yeah. I, I understand the, the merit of the bus stops or the billboards or whatever it is, and it's the visibility in in a particular area, which is actually very important. You know, um, for example. Uh, okay, on the corner one. of the boozer in in um, Fibsborough, the Mrs Doyle Guan Bowes, right? Yeah, you you can instantly recognise that. It's the half. What's the what's the pub? Not the halfway house, is it? No, no, it's not. The, Fibsborough. The no, the kind of the craft beer. The Bohemian place. house. No, Bohemian. No, it's kind of on the way down to McGill's. You know, McGill's, McGowan's, McGill's, McGowan's. Back page. The back page. Yes. Sorry. Um, so they have that. That that's that is so identified. No, the visibility in the area is is massive, mm. and you can see Bowles have done that. that. And Pats are trying to do it now. They've, they've sort of got on board with that, as we said in, in recent times, and other clubs as well. Um, the one so, thing we have to some of Rovers' uh, social media around the Jackburn return, I thought was quite good. Um, kind of unveiling them in the hoodie and all that, and blah 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 blah. I'd like to see billboards in Tala and beyond oh. of. Because I, I do think Rovers next season, some of the ballers. I mean, how are you going to even get into the team? No, it's going to be good. And it's, mm. Just to clarify, by the way, I am excited about next season. I'm just not saying I'm necessarily turned on by it in the same way that you appear to be. That's an important She's distinction. Well turned on. But uh, <laughs> the table is moving here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, before then, we have the playoffs as well. If you see in Waterford, the, the interesting thing about that, and, and Pearl UCD, like no one really wants them to get promoted apart from UCD players and fans and maybe people don't like Waterford but there would be no Munster team in the Premier Division Jesus, and yeah. you would have um, you know half of the 10 team division Dublin clubs you know and that's obviously like we can sometimes exist in our own bubble where we're really excited about the league and we're looking forward to next season there's no doubt there's a bit of a Dublin revival going on which is very true but in saying that you know you need that to be felt around the country you know, as you know like Galway and Limerick and Cork. you know Cork I mean you know I did meet a couple of Cork heads in, in Luxembourg and you know the there's no doubt that I mean their crowds at the end of the season were very good but you do sort of t- t- you need them back you badly need them back I'm not going to lie like Watford are better for the Premier Division no they are UCD. they are and, and UCD, Watford are getting a buzz going and the problem with UCD and I mean we've had Andy Myler on before the problem with UCD is that they have good teams but they come to a cycle where then mm. they lose them and they're probably realistically next and that, that happened Collie O'Neill the last time that they lost some of their players mid-season who'd got them up and I think that would happen this time if they don't go into winter someone would believe in anyway so I don't think you want a team in there that's going to end up potentially being quite weak mm. um, so that's obviously something to be conscious of but we have that we have the cup final on Sunday I think it's going to be a good game next week we'll be able to sort of reflect and uh, 
wrap on it. We have a couple of shows left this season. Next season, we'll have a look back at the cup final and, and cover whatever else happens in the meantime, be it with uh, appointments or signings. Uh, I think it could be an interesting time ahead. So, yeah. Just leaving will. that open there? No, I'm just talking generally. I'm always, I mean, there's always a lot to look forward to. I think there's going to be a lot of upheaval this winter um, because it's a short pre-season, so it's going to have, have to happen very quickly. Mm. So, um, yeah, we will get back to that in due course. But it's been good to be there here at the Castlenock Golf Club. We thank the PFA Ireland for their... Uh, I suppose their hospitality for inviting us and uh, yeah something I didn't mean to say to you you mentioned this in the Declan McBennett interview that when they were doing the live goals from other grounds that they were doing for a time during live games I thought that was it added so much to the experience I was was at Dundalk last week but I I did go back and watch it afterwards and I was like yeah this is brilliant be Ryan Connolly's goal for yeah example. the coverage last Friday I thought was top notch from what I could see you know I watched it the next day I didn't watch every minute of the match but you could see the goals coming in mm. that's what we want like that's a standard and uh, hopefully whatever deal it is next season we'll have a bit of that because seeing the goals from the other games definitely adds a lot more to it but there we go we're so, done best of luck to the who won the ticket again Tommy Hamill Tommy Hamill have a good time at the cup final as will both of us hopefully yeah. um, I'll be working you'll be um, not working I'm trying to bring a few people to the game actually they wouldn't go to League of Ireland games I think uh, good stuff I'm trying to get yeah I'm trying to sell the League of Ireland a bit and I think this is a good opportunity alright okay that was in association with futureticketing.e episode 37 nearly come to the end um, I thought the three lads were great um, I hope they have a good time of there was four the lads on the show um, I don't know where I've seen McGuinness, yeah. He was also good. Yeah, I remember him playing. I remember him playing very well. Okay, yeah. Johnny, you're at that stage, or we're at the you hang up do stage. You remember, of the do you remember again. Stephen McGuinness playing? Yeah, Stephen McGuinness. Yeah. One of the first guys I interviewed back in the days of my website. There you go. That was episode 37. That's it. Bye.